This is Meet the Movie Press. It's October the 18th, 2019 on the show this week. Dano, 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 The Batman, Doolittle What? And remembering Robert Forster, plus the reviews, the box office, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It's October the 18th, 2019. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on social media at ShowbizSimon on Instagram and Twitter. And this is Simon Thompson on Facebook. With me are Scott and Dimitri. Dimitri, for those who don't know who you are, who are you? Where can we find you, please? Hey, right here on Popcorn Talk Network. Well, Meet the Movie Press and also Anatomy of a Movie because we're back. Scott Menzel. Sure. You can find me over at uh, everything here at the Popcorn Talk Network, Meet the Movie Press, LAOCS Weekly, which is not called that anymore. It's actually Film Critics Weekly. I'm out of we have a movie today. Uh, yeah, and we live entertainment.com. Uh, awesome. Unfortunately, we have no more time. Yeah, uh, no, no, that's great. Right. Uh, that, that went well, guys. That went well. Uh, of course, obviously, a big part of the show, uh, apart from us, is you guys. Uh, so thank you if you are in the chat and watching this live. Uh, Kame Egan, good morning, movie fans. Black Rock 316. Six is in there as well. Cyril Moore is in there. Westy Kid saying hello to everybody in Xeno Hour. Uh, obviously, we do the show for people like you. Uh, without you, there is no point to doing the show. So thank you uh, for uh, being part of it. Okay, we're going to talk about some big things this week. Uh, a lot of Batman news, or the Batman news this week. Uh, Jonah Hill was apparently on board. That was last week. He's now definitely left Gotham. Paul Dano is going to be Riddler. And Catwoman, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, A lot of stuff in Batman this week. Let's talk about, first of all, Zoe Kravitz as casting for Catwoman. We knew when when Justin was on the show um, uh, from from Variety a couple of weeks ago that they were looking for someone of colour to play Catwoman. So no surprise uh, that it is Zoe Kravitz or or a person of colour. But Zoe Kravitz, good casting? I think it's great. I think she's going to be. I think. For uh, I think you know she's she's someone who hasn't gotten you know enough roles right now. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. I, I've I've liked her in things that I've seen her in, mm. but I'm not a hundred percent sure that she's the perfect fit, but I'm intrigued. She's no stranger to franchises, because obviously she was in uh, X-Men, when that was kind of rebooted. And Fantastic Beasts. And Fantastic Beasts. But she really has kind of been like B and C level characters in those things. But whenever she's been in those, she has proved very popular with audiences. So could this be the the one to break her? I think think that's probably why she took it, was Mm -hmm. offered the role. Mm -hmm. I really liked her in Fantastic Beasts. I really liked that character a lot. A lot of emotional heft. Um, you know, in the last one, yeah, I think she's. I think she's great. This will. This will, um, of course, being if it's a good movie, mm. this will. This will help uh, catapult her career and get her some more stature. But I think she's. I think she's great for the role. I, I've been liking the casting. Uh, for this, who who far. else was up for this role? I forgot. Uh, I'm. I don't know. Uh, in all honesty, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't um, remember either. But there, there have been a handful of people uh, that I think obviously were, were in the running for this. But nobody that was kind of like a, a big household name, as in like an A-list level star. Which, which, is, I, which go on. I, I think we, I think you were going to say the same thing. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, you know, don't take the attention away from Catwoman mm. by, by casting an A-level star. 
put put a fresh, a relatively fresh face in there. I think it's I think it's a really good idea for casting. And also, she has obviously with the franchise she's been in already. She has kind of uh, been on that more dramatic side of the things. It hasn't been light and fluffy type right. franchises. And obviously, with the Batman, this is kind of what they're going for, like almost like a Joker esque, slightly darker, slightly more raw kind of uh, Batman movie that we 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 we've sort of seen probably more with Chris Nolan than anything else. Certainly more than the, the most recent DC movies. So. Yeah, and I think with the character of Catwoman, um, from a movie perspective, Catwoman's a lore for Batman. She's mm. sexy. She's there's even throughout the comics there's been an on 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 and off relationship. You go to Michelle Pfeiffer, even Julie Newmar, mm. who yeah. played her on the television show. So I think they they really made a fine a fine choice in doing this to see how the relationship between her and how her or how she and Pattinson their chemistry. Would be I, I think it's smart that they're doing more of this independent route with yes. most of this casting, yeah. yes. which which is which is really the standout for me. Yes, um, you know she she's gonna. I think she's. You know, I like I said, I, I love I did love her in Fantastic Beasts. I'm glad you yeah. pointed that out. Yeah. You know, I just I just need to see her in more, and you know, seeing her in big franchise things could be what makes you know makes or breaks her as mm-hmm. as an actress. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, because most of the actors start off in the smaller movies, and she's kind of did a few of those, and she's been in big franchises now. So it'll be curious in this lead title role. What she's going to do? Yeah. I mean, Ricky is saying in the chat that uh, Zazie Beats was one of the names. Oh, uh, she Anna Diarmas, uh, but obviously she was in uh, Joker recently. Yeah, yes. so it would have been a very interesting choice, and possibly a, a slightly. Um, well, it would, have, it would have been a waste of good casting, I think, to yeah. have her then be a character in Joker and then to put her in this. She's Even also I think in Deadpool. She, and yeah. Deadpool, and I think she I would have been. She would have done a great job, but I think you know too much Zazie. I think in very similar roles would kind of be uh, to her deficit. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Anna Diarmas uh, and Isa Gonzalez. Uh, uh, she would have been great. Yes, would have been really good. Yes. You mentioned uh, Dimitri, obviously some some previous Catwoman. Yeah. It's really, I think, uh, the original Catwoman, and then obviously Michelle Pfeiffer that we're really going to have the comparisons to right. because bless her, but Halle Berry's Catwoman was not a success. Oh, that was not a good no. performance, even by no. Halle Berry. No, she uh, even admitted she, she admitted showed that up that to the Razzies. A, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a bad <laughs> idea. I actually only saw that movie for the first time about two or three months ago on I'm cable. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it really genuinely is a terrible movie. Bad. I avoided it in theatres. I avoided it on, on sort of home and say, but it was on when I was working at home. And it genuinely is a very bad movie. Yeah, yeah. And and the whole history behind it too is is somewhat fascinating because they had all Warner Brothers had planned a spin-off. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer was in, but she was only in under the condition that Tim Burton would direct it. Um, yeah. And then he ended up opting out. She lost it. You know, sheep, sheep walked away from it. So it, there was Michelle Pfeiffer was to be our Catwoman at least for the time being. Yeah. Uh, in in the nineties, I still and think she was happened. the she's the best. Oh, she's amazing. She was she was the best. She's amazing. Yeah. And and the and and her chemistry with Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. it, it's great. I, I think Batman returns is a is really it's a great movie it's a standalone movie even if you're not a fan of comic book movies or tim burton movies or or batman at all it's if you just watch it with no knowledge it's it is a movie that works it gets better right with age it does get better so many movies that don't especially from that era that one does yeah Yeah. it's an incredible and a christmas movie it's not a christmas movie (laughs) (laughs) 
started an argument. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the other, uh, the other casting this week. Uh, Paul Dano uh, announced as the Riddler. Can, can I tell you how excited I am about this? Because okay, like Paul, Paul Dano, I mean, that's is, the whole idea. Of the yeah, show. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just so freaking great in everything, yeah. and I'm. This is to me. You say perfect casting. It's Paul Dano as the Riddler. I, I really think he's going to pull this off and do something magical with yeah. it. I really do. I, I, I agree with you, but I'll be honest with you. If I if you asked me to write a list of 20 people that I thought would be up for the Riddler, right. Paul Dano would not be on that list. But huh. when it was announced yesterday, my initial reaction was like, really? And then it was like, actually, it is a stroke of genius. So, yeah. Dimitri, your thoughts I was just surprised they didn't go with Miles Teller. To be honest with you. Um, no, but, so is Miles Teller. Yeah. I actually think um, I actually think that Paul Dano. I agree with you. I think he's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Everything seems to be going right, and the whole uh, with the whole Jonah Hill thing. Was I'm like, that I, I'm happy about. Yeah, kind of okay that he walked away mm. uh, without even really knowing what he was supposed to be playing. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and it's funny because people were online going, oh, well, maybe that means he's going to get his own DC movie. I'm like, no. He did, what? You don't even know what the hell he was playing. Yeah. Like, it was so, what do you mean he gets yeah. his own DC movie? But I, you know, I, I my, my fear, so we got Catwoman, we have the Riddler. Yeah. I hope they're not going to oversaturate it with villains. Well, that, that's, that was something I was going to say, actually, because one of the biggest problems for so many of these superhero movies is when they put more than one villain in them. The <laughs> Spider-Man movie suffered from this when it came to Marvel. Uh, DC, I think sometimes they just have too many characters. I mean, Justice League and Suicide Squad, they just had too many characters not yeah. necessarily bad guys the bad right. guys tend to be quite weak and it's almost like don't try and make up for things and we've, we've had <laughs> I mean sometimes it does succeed Batman Returns again right. is another great example but I just think more often than not it doesn't work and right. I think really have one really strong villain that's developed and Marvel often has this problem as well so it's not purely a DC mm-hmm. thing where right. the villains are just not developed enough yeah. they don't have enough room to breathe yeah, um, and I think that's 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 a really important thing. A lot of people are also talking in the chat. Jenna James saying uh, Logan Browning from Bratz Meet the Browns and Dear White People was also in the running. Uh, <laughs> Yash saying I never believed Zazie. Uh, lol, she is already Domino and was also in Joker. Yeah, as we mentioned, Xena uh, Mara with Jason Momoa as Aquaman and now Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Lisa Bonet is low key the Kevin Feige of DC. <laughs> Good point, actually. Uh, Senor Nerd, uh, I'm gonna call it right now. Paul Dano will get an Oscar nom for his portrayal of the Riddler. I mean, saying on that, I have to say, I think you're jumping the gun a little bit on that because they haven't actually done anything to do with this movie. We haven't seen any visuals. They haven't started filming. But on the subject of filming and obviously this movie, uh, The Batman, which is obviously going to have Robert Pattinson as as uh, Bruce Wayne as Batman, mm-hmm. do you think DC... A lot of these discussions were obviously going on for a couple of months, but do sure. you think... The success and, I mean, the critical and financial success of Joker has slightly emboldened Warner and DC to be a bit more creative with the casting and to be even more confident with this product and presenting it to a public. 
Because this is a slightly darker, grittier, grainier, more raw kind of take on I like Batman. it. I like it. And and the reason why I like it and the same reason I like Joker so much is the fact that I feel like it takes risks. And it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. dark and different. And it feels like an independent film and yeah. like an homage to films from the 70s and 80s. It, it, it doesn't feel like something that's today. It doesn't feel like anything Marvel's doing. Yeah. And that's what really made that movie stand out. And this, so far, has all the makings of being more of that. And, it does. And, and that's what I'm really looking forward to. Same here, but my only caveat is is I've seen the Birds of Prey trailer. Yeah. Well, so, that's not doing that. Well, no, it's <laughs> not, but that's the way they were presenting it. Yeah. Remember when the casting came out? And remember being on this show saying, yeah. this is brilliant casting, and yeah. this is, looks like it's going to be good, and the, and then you see the trailer. The movie could still be good, everybody, but the trailer, the trailer is to a me, train wreck. is not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I think something that we're, we're coming across increasingly and again you know referring to birds of prey is the fact that clever casting is casting to is casting a movie forgetting that it's part of a comic book universe mm. forget that you're fitting a caricature mm-hmm. but they appear with this and again with joker they appear to be casting proper actors mm-hmm. to do these roles rather than stunt casting or what necessarily will look right yeah, absolutely when it comes to print to screen right and I think that I think is where many of these these sort of franchises are going right is when they concentrate on who's the best person for the Mm -hmm. job not who would look great on a poster well and and let's think about this through the history of Batman movies not not keeping the Adam West movie out of the picture but when Michael Keaton was cast there was an uproar because at that point at that point in time all he was known for was comedies Mm -hmm. Christian Bale when he was hired as Batman we didn't think of him as like an action superhero kind yeah, of star. And, and granted, he worked with Christopher Nolan, but he was going against what we've seen him play mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So they're keeping on that. They're, they're staying on that train, and I really like it because when Pattinson was announced, it was kind of like, "What? Why? Oh my God! It's going to be yeah. like, uh, like, like, like Twilight." And I was like, "No, just give him a chance. They hired him for a reason." Well, I mean, actually, Yash is saying that the chemistry in the screen test, obviously, between the guys, must have been incredible for this to work. I mean, I I do think that we're seeing a slight tendency with some of these movies. They're almost testing the water to... There will be hardcore fans who will see these movies come hell or high water. There will be fans who, if they don't like the casting, will go, fuck you, and will walk (laughs) away from the movie, come hell or high water. And I think what... Hollywood is starting to do and some of the studios are starting to do is the fact that they are looking outside of these two groups and they are looking at the everyman Mm -hmm. and going what will get Dave from Iowa who doesn't give a shit about the folklore to come and see the Batman or come and see Joker or what will get Sarah from Milwaukee who doesn't care about superhero movies like people who don't like horror movies will go and see a Blumhouse movie because of the fact that it's a movie they want to see mm-hmm. and not a genre piece not part of a franchise it's completely unique and I do get the feeling that with some of these castings and with some of these movies that's kind of the way that we're starting to see these films going and Scott is that something you're no, sensing I, I, as well? No I, I, I completely get that I, I think if Joker has proven anything is that it's been dominating the box office it's yeah. been breaking records and it's been getting different type a different type of audience to go see these types of movies Absolutely, and 
you know, one thing that I think we're forgetting is for for Warner Brothers and for DC, I know everyone's always like wanting different characters and whatnot and whatnot, but Batman is the baby, okay? Yeah. Like everyone loves Batman. It's one of the most iconic superheroes of all time. Yep. And they always I should say most of the time they do really well at the box office yeah. and they do well. So kind of doing this type of revamp that will hopefully follow along the lines of Joker being yeah. dark and gritty and really different. I think it's just what they need right now. I think it's what they need to separate themselves from Marvel. And after Joker, regardless of whether you like it or not, you yeah. can't say they didn't give it a shot and try something different. But, but then, but but staying with that though, and this is why I still believe that Warner Brothers in DC is in a little bit of turmoil because you still have Wonder Woman and Aquaman out there. Eventually, there's going to be a Flash, but we've already jettisoned. Superman and Bats, we've you know Ben Affleck and um, yeah. why can't I think of his name? Superman. Oh yeah, um, Henry, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah. So they've already jettisoned him, right? Yeah. But we still have Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Those two movies couldn't be diametrically different, opposite from what Joker is. Right. I mean, just couldn't be. So I. But that's what's great about it, right? Like, because like. One of my problems with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the fact that they all feel like more of the same. Yeah, I feel like I'm just I just like they take a character out, they put another character in, it follows this formula. And to have something like a Wonder Woman, a Shazam, and an Aquaman, and a Joker, yeah, I forgot about everything. Yeah. Now feels different and like kind of feels like its own thing. It does, but. If the goal is to bring them back, together but they don't again. need to, and I hope that's where they're going, where they don't need to bring them all back yeah. together. Me, me yeah. too. I, I don't I mean, need to see group movies. I'm kind of done. I, I, I get that, but you know, history has proven that the audiences love that kind of thing, even when it's not that well. So when you're so different with everything, I, and I'm not saying I'm not for homogenization. I like that we're getting yeah. this, I, but I still don't believe that DC has footing. Like I, I don't think they have a clear line, like a plan. Yeah, I mean, my my barometer is actually my wife. If my wife cares about one of these movies, <laughs> yeah. because she is not wouldn't consider herself a superhero fan, she watch a superhero movie. Sure. But if my wife is interested in a movie or casting of a movie like this that was in this sort of broad genre of movies, right. then I I think they're doing a good job because she's quite difficult sure. to please in this kind of movie respect. And so many movies completely pass her by, yeah. um, and so it's something that she's very interested yeah. in, and, and even Joker she really wants to see, which is great. And for the first time. It's kind of like, ah, oh, before I see Joker, I want to see Dark Knight. Right. Because mm. there's so many comparisons between, obviously, Heath's Joker sure. and, uh, and, and and Joaquin's. Um, a lot of people in the chat have, have got a lot of thoughts on this, so I can't go through all of them, but a couple of mentions. Uh, Kame Egan, uh, Paul Dano as Riddler is great. I loved him in Little Miss Sunshine, and I think he's going to bring a lot of depth to the role. I 100% agree. Uh, Pink Taco Bell, Zoe's been in a ton of big franchises <laughs> in the past few years, all biting smaller roles. Uh, this seems like her call to the major leagues. Absolutely. I just hope Hollywood doesn't burn her when they find out that she's actually very good at this <laughs> yes, being in the big yes, leagues yes. and suddenly they cast and everything and we kind of get a bit tired of her. Don't ruin the Kravitz effect. Uh, better movie, Catwoman or Book of Shadows? I don't think we really need to answer that, do we, Zena? <laughs> uh, Janet James, I think Zazie and Logan uh, would have been incredible as DC's Vixen McCabe, a Bumblebee Karen uh, or uh, Raquel Irvin. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, stunt casting is one thing, um, which is great. We all have kind of our own ideas about who we cast in these things. But um, uh, Yash is saying Paul Dano it was Riddler in a Matt Reeves-directed Batman starring Robert Patterson. Wow. 
wow WB wow uh, and Ryan who's in uh, in the booth today uh, Paul Dano was tremendous in Prisoners and there will be blood I can't guarantee mm-hmm. that there will be milkshake drinking in this one um, but who knows who knows? Who, knows? Who knows? In this new world of Dark DC. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but talking about Dark DC, before we move on very quickly, um, uh, I'm hearing very, very good things coming off the set of The Suicide Squad, which again is it's not it's not the Suicide Squad that we've seen before, and it's not quite good. the darkness that we're seeing. Yeah, it's no bad thing. Uh, Joker are obviously the Batman, but it is something that is offering a richness that we haven't seen uh, with, with some of these DC movies. It's kind of a lot of you know that 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 kind of palette they're, they're painting on which I think is great not going to be as dark or as gritty or as raw but it's certainly a little bit more uh, organic yeah. realistic which I think is really, really I, I just want to say that I, I think what what studios need to learn yeah and this I know this is where, where, where the risk no no no, no where the risk yeah. becomes involved is that you have to believe in your filmmaker mm-hmm. and you have to give him I don't know, like free range mm. or to cut him or her free range to kind of do what they want to do. Yeah. And if it fails, then maybe you like question them and you don't let them do something again. Yeah. But you have to give them, you have to believe in him or her to make the project the way that they want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think they're starting to finally do over at DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is they're letting the people... Like, I think Patty Jenkins really wanted to make Wonder Woman. They let her do it the way she wanted to do it. Yeah. It paid off for them. And it seems that's what happened with Todd Phillips with Joker. So hopefully they'll continue this with James Gunn and everyone Take, else. Taking those practice wheels off. Yeah. 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 But, but see, Marvel doesn't do that. Yeah. No. Like, Marvel, like, that's why Edgar Wright is booted off of Ant-Man and yeah. yep. uh, you know because they want their they want to try to put a, a their vision or a particular vision and, and Marvel will and it, and not agree with it. And here's here's kind of an idea why I think that's partly is obviously they're part of the Disney uh, corporation. But also I, I think <laughs> no, I think now. those movies yeah, yeah now but they obviously look more towards merchandising oh, yeah. right. than the DC movies do. Right. I mean I think really that is kind of a difference here. Yeah. Which I think we, we you know we would be churlish to kind of overlook. Oh yeah. You know it is that merchandising side. Yeah. The selling it, creating additional products and IPs that are based on the the images that we see on the screen, which Absolutely. is very different to how yeah. DC are approaching their entities, yeah. which when they create things like rides, they go very much from the comic books, the origins, yeah. rather right. than the, 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 the big screen and small screen products. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, that was a really good discussion. Thanks, guys, for that. Uh, let's move on to uh, hmm, Doolittle. <laughs> uh, which, the, the trailer dropped this week, and I have oh, to be honest with you, from a it's horse. Uh, it do little for me. Yeah, uh, Jesus, this looks bad. Yeah, uh, it's a movie that's been moved around the schedule, and it's now landing in January, which is kind of a graveyard and right in the middle of awards season. And I don't think it's because they want it to be nominated for awards. <laughs> no. Uh, so, I mean, did you watch the trailer first of all this week? And what were your initial thoughts? Not taking sort of in mind what people were saying on social media, which was kind of unilaterally, what is this? Uh, Scott, first of all, when you saw this trailer, what was kind of going through your minds when you were watching it? I was, I was kind of surprised that it wasn't really comedic. Did that was, Wasn't that a little surprising? Yes. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, wow, they're trying to make this serious. Mm. And I think that was their first mistake. Yeah. I think <laughs> they're trying to make this was their first mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that was the first mistake. Yes. Uh, no, I think I think your point about the the comedy in it was 
it, for me, it wasn't anything. No. It wasn't comedy. It wasn't drama. It didn't seem to be action. It was, here are things that we've filmed and we've stuck them together. Yeah. And there's nothing to draw you in. No, Dimitri. I, I think that if Robert Downey Jr. were not in this movie, it would be going to Disney+. Plus. But it's not Disney. Well, it should still go to Disney. Yeah, Universal. (laughs) Universal Plus. Plus. Because it looks like... Well, it looks like... Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Let's put it on Universal Plus. What's Universal Plus? Uh, Don't worry about it. We don't have one. Yeah. It just... Uh, It it looks like something that would be sold to a streaming thing. And I think that's why in January, uh, you know, a lot of the kids' movies... You know, but it's gonna be. It's still gonna have. Um, but Arctic Dogs is coming out. No, but it's Explain still gonna one. have Jumanji. <laughs> no, but it's still gonna have. Listen, if Jumanji has half the legs that the original had during the holiday season, yeah, that's what it's going to be playing up against on in January. Yeah, because Jumanji comes yeah. out at Christmas time, yeah. right? Christmas, yeah. So in this movie, I look. I had heard uh, Robert Downey Jr. was on Howard Stern. Uh, when, when 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 Stern was here in L.A. Mm. and he talked a little bit about Doolittle and he says, "Oh my God, it was it was great." And why would I doubt him? But then I saw the trailer and I was like, "Oh boy, yeah, okay, it just doesn't look good." And Lion King it's, and I just the I problem know. with this is, and I can tell you right now is they're marketing it so heavily based on the voice talent. And whenever you have a family (laughs) film that's marketing based on voice talent, it's usually not a good sign. And yet, very little of the voice talent actually appear in the trailer. Right. Because very few of the animals actually say anything. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a, yay! And there's a talking bird, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And then a terrible talking Robert Downey Jr. doing I don't know what accent. No, I don't um, know what that is. I mean, I'm, I'm really not quite sure what that is. Um, I don't necessarily know what it's about either. Like, it's just... I, but you know, know I, Dr. Think, I think it's one of those movies where it doesn't really matter. Because huh. there's, a, there's, a, there's Doolittle and there's a bad guy. Right. And I think that's kind of... Bad guy does bad things, Doolittle tries to save the day. I think that is literally how basic this premise is and it's like let's try and dazzle with visuals and mm-hmm. you know and the voice talent as, as Scott says I think yeah. it's literally that that simple that bread and butter I, talking about streaming services and obviously the fact that it wouldn't go to Disney Plus because it's Universal Universal oh, are yeah. launching Peacock <laughs> which is their own digital streaming service I, I, I think you're absolutely right on that I'm very surprised that they haven't held this to become an event movie on Peacock to try and get people to get on board with that service. I just think because it's Robert Downey Jr., you know, you're going to release this theatrically. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm Especially not... After Avengers. It, yeah, I just think that that's the way to go. And had he not been in this movie, yeah. this would have this would have been on Universal Home Entertainment. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it just doesn't look good. It reminded me of Lady in the Tramp. Like, like that movie also, like, mm. it's got this... Anime, like that movie. After I saw the trailer, it's like that doesn't oh, look good. No, no and that's what good. this reminded me of. It just yeah. didn't look good. Well, good Yash, enough to be released. Yash disagrees. Doolittle is going to make money. Watch. Uh, I will probably watch, but I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> and, be honest and, with you. But he's right. It, yeah, I, it, you never you underestimate know, just a family make, film. A family film. Just also, just because you make a shit movie, it doesn't mean that people won't watch it. True. Uh, Pink uh, Pink Taco Bell did it. 
drop or did it just fall out of the sky? It certainly fell out of something. Uh, Jenna James looks like a Netflix and chill film or Netflix and see what else is on Netflix movie. Uh, Cammy Egan, which film is going to bomb more, Doolittle or Cats? They're both a huge shitstorm. Um, Cats is not going to bomb. Cats is not going to bomb. I think Cats can be quite terrible, and I honestly don't think it's going to bomb. I think it is. I think it's going to do quite mm, well, I because I think it's got that in, and I think this is the thing of, you can make a shit movie, but people will still go and see it. And we don't know if that movie's going to be bad. I mean, I think... It doesn't I look think good, it's, but it I might think be great. that movie's going to surprise people. I don't think I so. I think so. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm open to being surprised, because right now I'm like, this looks awful. Oh, the, oh no, I agree but with you. Do you know what? We, we've, we've been caught out before. Jumanji was a movie that I thought was going to be terrible oh, from the trailers, really cool. yeah. and that was it, great. And then we look at, you know, <laughs> Marwin, last year, Marwin, Marwin, which Marwin. we thought was going to be great, yeah. and then it was awful. Yeah. But, okay, to your Jumanji point, yeah. that trailer for Jumanji, and we've talked about it a lot here, mm. it's... Still, it isn't as bad as Cats. I, no, I think true. Cats is going to bomb. Uh, Wesley Kid Robert Downey Jr. sounds like he's got a Scottish accent in the Doolittle trailer. <laughs> I think there are lots of Scottish people who would disagree with you. Uh, Yash, uh, RDJ is going to get people in seats, probably going to make $420 million. Uh, I don't know. I think... I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced. Uh, Janet James uh, had a comment, which unfortunately has just popped up because there's a lot of people in the chat. Uh, Cammy Egan, instead of what a wonderful world, why the hell didn't they do uh, if I could talk to the animals like they did in the original? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, MK Songbird, did any of you read Believe the Reddit? Oh, well, that's a uh, Reddit thing. Uh, and Yash saying, I was going to give Chronicles of Narnia the line, the witch and the wardrobe vibes. I think that's actually a pretty good comparison, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens with that. Okay, let's move on mm-hmm. from, uh, from do little. Uh, <laughs> sad news this week. Um, Robert Forster. Uh, this was on Friday evening. Some of us were coming out of a screening at Fox when this broke. A lot of media were there um, at the time. It was a screening for, for Jojo Rabbit for the Guilds for Awards season. Uh, and some people actually there um, uh, knew uh, Robert quite well and had worked with, with Robert on a couple of things. Uh, probably best known for, for Jackie Brown in the last couple of years. Uh, Breaking Bad as well was something that, that obviously gave uh, Robert a resurgence. Uh, but I will always remember him from The Black Hole. Me too. That's uh, which me was too. which was a movie uh, that as a kid I thought it was a fantastic movie. It wasn't a hit, you know. It was one of the Disney movies that didn't land financially, um, but he really made such an impression uh, to me. So first of all, Dimitri, uh, your memories of, of Robert Forster. I, you know, that's what I was going to uh, lead in with is that I do when I saw him in Jackie Brown, I said that's the guy from the Black Hole. Yeah, um, and he was so good in Jackie Brown. Yeah. Um, so and and that revived his career, mm. um, but yeah, going back to the black hole, um, I think that that is a movie that actually has aged well, too, because yeah. when the the only thing that black hole had really going against it is that it was so soon after Star Wars, and mm. Star Wars it was not, and people were just the so making that association special effects and high action and it had. <laughs> Great stuff in it, yeah. but it was in Star Wars. It's a little mm-hmm. bit darker too. Um, but he was really great in that movie. And for all intents and purposes, I never met the gentleman, but I hear he was he was a great and he was respected. But I heard he was a really great guy. Yeah, it was really nice. I know. I know the Maltins were, were very close to, to oh, Robert, yes. um, and they were at the screening that I was at last Friday. Um, and they obviously came out and they, they, they'd been to this reception post Jojo Rabbit, and then they obviously got the news. And I know Robert had been around to their house, been on the podcast with Leonard a number of times, uh, and were, were close family friends. Um, I know Jesse was particularly uh, close to him as well. Uh, but your your thoughts? I mean, I, I think he was an incredible actor. One mm. one one of which who totally. 
knew how to strike the balance between uh, having a career both in film and in television. Yeah. Um, but who was who was always sort of under the radar, you know, never... But even in the prime of his career. Right. Someone who was never really, like, that well-known. Yeah. You know, but if... I mean, I just was looking... As Dimitri was talking, I was looking up his credits on, on IMDb, and it's amazing how much stuff he was in. You yeah. know, like, I, I totally forgot that he was in Heroes. Yeah. You know, just, just, just... He just had this fine balance of doing both. He was one of those dependable guys that when you when you saw him in anything, you knew that even if the product wasn't great, he was going to give a good yeah. performance. He was he's that guy from that thing mm-hmm. who was a was a kind of a sign of of, of a redeeming sign of quality, uh, which, which I thought was great. And from all intents and purposes, from what I've heard, as, as Dimitri was saying, was was genuinely a really nice guy, yeah. very much of an era. He was a working actor. He was a character actor. Right, yeah, right, right. Because he could never way. really he could never really um, take on uh, as a, take off as a lead role as much as he tried. I mean, when you think about when Black Hole came out, that was what the early eighties, right? Yeah. That was kind of a lead role for him, and he was around some really good actors uh, of that time. Uh, even in Jackie Brown, when he comes back, people took notice of him. But think about how many lead movie roles after Jackie Brown. That they give him, yeah. But he doesn't. He didn't mind being support. He was also sort of age-wise and sort of physicality-wise. He wasn't when he was coming through. He Mm. wasn't young enough to be the sexy young heartthrob, and he wasn't old enough to become (laughs) that more discerning. So he was kind of always wherever his career progressed. He was always kind of fuck. Yeah. You know, I'm the, I'm the potatoes and gravy. I'm I'm that bit of the meal that you know everybody's going to like, right. and I'm going to be really dependable. But he was neither the heartthrob and he was neither the the grizzled thing. Oh. It's kind of his career, and I think to be honest with you, that offered him some of the roles that many actors don't get to play because they tend to be shoehorned into A or C. And Robert coasted along very very competently in B, just consistently doing good work. Absolutely, and and although I never got to interview. Him, uh, I can only imagine that he would feel that he had had. He was a working actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a working actor. So he was getting paid for something that he obviously loved. Yeah, and he and and continuously and consistently. Yeah, a lot of people talking about this in the chat as well. Uh, Yash saying Robert was cool in Jackie Brown. Uh, he's been in so much stuff. Was a character actor very much. So we agree with that. Uh, but always brought something to the screen. Again, it's a point that we we made, which is a very uh, a very good point. Uh, Blackrock three one six. I remember the first time I saw him was in Delta Force with Chuck Norris. <laughs> Holy shit! I yeah. remember that. I remember my dad uh, bringing the Delta Force back from the video store uh, and I had no idea what it was and I was like what is this? Yep. Genius. I completely forgot he was in that. And MK Songbird in Twin Peaks The Return. Uh, yeah, perhaps for me one of the, the really strong redeeming factors in that. So if you've got time this weekend, I know a lot of people are very busy and they kind of have so many lists of things to, to watch that are streaming. Uh, here's a little exercise for you if, you if you're a fan of the show. Find uh, find a, a Robert Forster movie that you haven't seen. A lot of people will have seen Jackie Brown and stuff like that. But do find one of his movies that you haven't seen and just you know bear in mind what we 
we what we've said on the show this week and and see if you can apply and see if you get the same thing and let us know either in the comments below the show uh, on YouTube or if you want to reach out to us on Twitter you can do um, you know we'd love to hear your That's thoughts on that good um, assignment yeah I think it's really good because a lot of people there was a conversation on Twitter this week about a lot of people who don't really look back at older movies and kind yeah. of really yeah. delve back and look at you know kind of the you know movies that are influential or just mean something or just sure. kind of you know referenced or influenced the stuff that we see today and I think it's really important for a really good but you don't have to see everything not everybody's seen everything and not everybody knows anything but to fill in some of these gaps and have more reference points because there is a generation that will know him purely from Breaking Bad there'll be a generation mm-hmm. that knows him purely from Jackie Brown there'll be a generation that know him purely from like uh, the black hole mm-hmm. but filling in these gaps and seeing what else these people have done is actually really really good and you'll, you'll, you'll learn a lot from it as well it's, it's really good to do that so I recommend you do that this week uh, moving on from this thanks for everybody for your, your chat uh, on, on the, the, the memory of, of Robert Forster um, coming to America 2 uh, moving on to this is going to be PG-13 um, I heard this this is because Eddie Murphy's doing the rounds yeah, uh, yeah. for Dolomite at the moment doing press so a lot of people are asking a lot of things and, and coming to America 2 uh, as the current title is uh, is something that's coming up a lot I'm kind of disappointed that this is going to be a PG-13 because with a PG-13 you kind of get one fuck and you get a couple of other things and you get a little bit of sauce yeah I, I really wanted this to be R-rated. Well, I didn't want this movie at all. <laughs> there, is that, there is that point as well. Uh, and then now with the PG-13 rating, uh, confirms that even more. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could still be funny, but... Just it's why? just not. Like, it's I, not I Eddie not... Murphy like doing Eddie Murphy, right? right? Like, because like in Dolomite, I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't yet. No. Okay, but it's like it. You know, it's it's, it's old school. It's Eddie, old school Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. It's yeah. why it works for Netflix. I don't. I don't understand. Like, if you're going to make a sequel to a beloved original, and mm. it's a beloved original, it's be the reason why that movie worked back then is because it was really on what was the height of Eddie Murphy's career for being who he was. Yeah, he gave. He's a good actor. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's like you know this isn't Axel Foley. This is a different character, but you're allowing Eddie Murphy to be Eddie Murphy. Yeah. This is what people I in my dopey mind I think well I this is what I expect. Yeah. I expect if you're making coming to America too, I'm gonna get a, I'm this is Eddie Murphy's return to form. Yeah. I can't wait. VG thirteen. <laughs> Especially when you you know, Dolomite is the movie where he's really coming back with. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And there's fucks and motherfuckers like all over the place uh-huh. from what I understand in that. And then you're like, yes, Eddie Murphy's back. And then it's like motherfunner. Yeah. And it's like just, just, yeah. just be Eddie Murphy. Be the Eddie Murphy that we want. It's almost like, what is the point of coming back hard with the Eddie Murphy that we know? If you are, then I have do the this. answer okay, to this. Okay, this. so, so the answer to that question is, is that comedies are a hard sell at the box office. Period. Yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot more, and this is where Netflix has been really taking off in terms of their films. Is right. that they've been putting a lot of romantic comedies and comedies on their streaming service, and yeah. they've done really, really well. Yeah. Over the last couple of years, comedies outside of like the occasional like Good Boys or something along those lines, some kind of really over Your the top film of the year, very much so. Uh, some hard <laughs> R-rated movies. They're very rare that they'll do well. Yep. And I think they're leery about that, and they're trying to get that middle ground demographic that they know that if they haven't seen Coming to America, they might want to see it. Right. And if by giving the PG-13, they can attract teenagers. 
Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there is that, but the teenagers that I think will want to come and see Coming to America too will be the ones that are seen Coming to America. Right. That I don't think they're going to, just yeah. on their own fruition as teenagers, going to want to come and see Coming to America too, right. just off their own back. No. And again, I think these are the, you know, it's pretty worldly wise these days. Um, I just think if you deliver that kind of thing, they're just not going to respond because it's not going to be kind of what they... They want the naughtiness that... Right. They, that, you know, the, the tittering. I'm, fuck, I'm in my 40s and I still find that hilarious. I really enjoy that in movies. But they want that, you know, risque abrasiveness, the, you know, the stuff that they can't say in front of their parents. They want this kind I of... I think they're and going then, off the Kevin Hart... Sorry, real quick. I think they're going, trying to go the Kevin Hart route. It's a big mistake. But, but but Eddie Murphy's already done that. Like, he's yeah. already done yeah. the Kevin Hart route wash. before no. Kevin Hart. And it worked for him for a little while. Dr. Doolittle, um, uh, Nutty Professor. It worked It worked for him for a little bit. Yeah. Because those movies, were, those movies no, make yeah, money. Huge, but that yeah. However, was a long time ago. Agreed. But I, we are all... Well, I am. I, I, mean, I don't want to speak for everybody. I was saying... God, he has one more funny movie in him. He he, I, this is the Eddie Murphy that I want to see. Mm. And Dolomite, albeit it's a Netflix movie, this was the old school Eddie Murphy, and it made watching Dolomite. I said, now I understand why he's getting back into yeah. stand-up. I mean, he's going to be launching a stand-up career again, which mm-hmm. is not going to be PG thirteen. Let's be honest. So then, why make this movie? PG thirteen. Yeah, I mean, people are still going to go because they want to but, see that. Whole yeah, thing. do you know what? With, with, with the way, that, especially in this country, with the way that the classification system works, do you know what? If kids want to go with their parents and see this movie, and it's got motherfuckers all over it, they're still going to take their kids to see it because they take their kids to see <laughs> things like Deadpool and all yes, sorts of other crazy yes, shit. Absolutely. So uh, the, the people that are going to want to share this as a family experience because yeah. the first coming to America, a motherfucker's not going to. It's not going to phase them. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I'm just like, just do it. Or, or do it or don't. I just I just got a bad feeling about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, man. it's also there's this duplicity with Eddie Murphy's return, whether it's like, what do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Do you want to come back as Eddie Murphy with a capital E with a capital M? Or with a small E with a small M so nobody gets offended? But did you notice that, like, in... I don't know if you've been watching a lot of these interviews. He doesn't even seem like he really wants to come back. It, no. it essentially oh, seems... Oh, no, he's happy. Happy where he is. Yeah, he's happy yeah, yeah. where he is, and he's just kind of doing this. I feel like to fall back on. He's mm. he's taking the Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger route, and he's going back to like his iconic characters. He's closing the door on them. Yeah, and then he wants to try to do stand up. And if he doesn't want to like the stand up, he just wants to go sit in his room and count his so, millions. So basically, he's saying he's doing it for the money. Pretty I mean, much. Right, I, mean, right? I mean, I, I mean, but, it does but, seem and, like that. And I will, but I would argue. I would argue. You mentioned Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Both of those folks mm. will go out and stump for the movie because they actually still believe in the character. Yeah. Where Eddie Murphy. He just remains quiet, but he's never really been a great interview to begin no, with. I remember no, no, that no. way back no. in the eighties. He was right. never a great interview. He yeah. always so. Uh, who knows? He loves yeah. the limelight, but doesn't really like the limelight. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff in the booth, real quick. Yeah. The thing is, I hear what you're saying, Scott, about the fact that our R-rated studio comedies are underperforming. But yeah. I feel like I can't think of a single example of a successful PG-13 studio comedy in the last. Oh. Jumanji, maybe, but I don't know. I would guess. I'm surprised the studio is pushing this because I would guess the film would do better with an R rating. 
from a oh, box office. I mean, I think it would have done better with an R rating. And to be honest with you, I think it would have done better to have just gone to like a Netflix or a something else mm-hmm. to really because then you can you can have all the fucks and motherfuckers you want in a Netflix movie, and that's absolutely fine. You can have it TVMA, not a problem at mm-hmm. all. But if you are worried to to go hard with this. And just don't put it in theaters. And there is a lot of people who will just sit at home and watch this. It can be re- anyway. Yeah, and let's be honest. Coming to America, the John Landis, that wasn't a hard R. No, it wasn't like, a hard even, R. No. Even for that time, it wasn't a hard R no. at all. So you could still go R. They wouldn't. Coming to America was not a raunch fest. No. Neither was Trading Places. No. Neither was 48 Hours or Beverly Hills Cop. All rated R movies. Couple of fucks, a boob, maybe a joke about a penis, a couple of other things, and that was kind of... Kind of it? That was that was it. It was, was it? just the other side. But it was the fact that it was the other side mm-hmm. that made it, I think, as popular it's as it It's mild by today's standard. It that's, was mild yeah. by this? <laughs> well, yeah, Coming but, to America in particular. Not so much like Beverly Hills Cop is, is laced but, with a little bit of violence and language, but Coming to America. But Coming to America, the subject matter was more the edge for, that, for sure. back then. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. you had to look at, and you know that was also like right. We've also had this conversation recently now, where people have been talking about because of a particular subject matter or how controversial something may be, it might need a ha- harder rating, mm. you know, because of that. So I don't know. But it's. I mean, I, I I'm just you know PG thirteen. I'm a little bit. No, I, I don't. I, I, listen, I don't agree board. with it. I kind. I I I I don't agree with the decision, but I sort of see the logic even though I don't agree with it. Yeah. I just don't know what Paramount's thinking. Zeno Hour, I want to see Eddie Murphy uh, finally team with Quentin Tarantino before the retirement. I would be very much up for that as well. Um, I think one thing about Dolomite is the fact that there are so many actors in there who haven't really had time on, on a big screen or certainly a major product on a small screen. The likes of Wesley Snipes that I mm-hmm. think they're probably going to benefit more from this than the likes of Eddie Murphy who's just can do Eddie Murphy whatever he wants to do That's but a good I think assessment. yeah I think yeah. it'll push the people like Wesley Snipes yeah. back into the forefront and, yeah. and remind studios that these people as much as they've done you know a few things would have been throwaway movies yeah. but they can still deliver really good performances mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if they if they want to uh, Cammy Egan I do want to see Coming to America uh, but it's 30 years too late and I agree that the <laughs> film should be R-rated because it's an Eddie Murphy film it's not Shrek yeah absolutely uh, Russell Peters needs a movie. Uh, Russell Peters in the chat today, everybody. Oh, no, it's Yash. Xeno uh, Hour, uh, fun fact, Ryan in the booth doesn't actually exist. He's AI. Uh, he actually doesn't exist. He is my imaginary friend. And talking of imaginary friends, uh, we're going to get on to uh, this week's uh, movie reviews. We've got 15 minutes left on the show. There is a lot to get through. Uh, let's first of all very quickly look at the box office before we do that. Uh, Thursday Night Previews is very much a win for Zombieland Double Tap. Kicked off with 2.85 million from Thursday Night Previews, which is actually pretty good. And that was um, rated R. And it, was, it was rated R. It I is. Know. Well, not was. It is And it rated had a successful R first movie that's Which gone was... on to become something of a cult movie. It came out ten years ago. And that was rated R too, was right? Rated R. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Mm. Amazing. Uh, maybe people can decide <laughs> if they want to see a movie that has fuck in it uh, and violence. Uh, <laughs> free-thinking adults. Uh, so 2.85 million for Thursday Night Previews is pretty good for that. Top Maleficent, uh, which was into second place. Uh, interesting Maleficent this weekend, the sequel. Uh, is not a huge amount of buzz around that movie, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting, considering where the 
you like it or not, there was a lot of buzz around Maleficent a couple of years ago. Uh, so let's have a look at what we're looking at for a uh, weekend this week. It, it is looking like it's going to be uh, Maleficent possibly coming out on top, although I would not be surprised if, if Zombieland does pull through more people. Uh, Maleficent, according to Box Office Mojo, is about $42 million this weekend, which is fine, which is not great, but it's fine. Um, Joker then holding strong in second place. I mean, last week's hold was very, very good uh, at about $32.5 million. A lot of people are who've waited to see that are now going to see it. And I know a lot of people going back for a second or third viewing. Uh, Zombieland 2, double tap, probably going to land in third. I think it might do one or two, actually. Uh, 23 is what Box Office Mojo was saying. I genuinely think Zombieland 2 is going to come out on top this week. I think it could surprise I, people. I, I, I think, think it could. It's the only horror, non-horror movie that's really coming out for Halloween. Yeah. It's a zombie movie. And I and think word of mouth are, has been generally good. Yeah. yeah. Which I think has helped. And I think people are looking for that kind of comedy again yeah. that the original had. We haven't, so... Adam's Family looking like it's going to be in fourth. Gemini Man. Oh, I'm sorry, Gemini Man. <laughs> number five. Uh, which I think, to be honest with you, for Gemini Man is a stronger hold than I thought it would have this weekend. Because that movie is it could, not Gemini good. Man. They doubled the Will Smith, but they couldn't double the gross. God, they, <laughs> they couldn't double the budget. They couldn't gross. even gross, let alone. Uh, it's a horrible bomb for Paramount, oh, yes. uh, which and, is crazy. And they want to make Coming to America PG-13. Yeah, I know. Same studio, people. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's talk about uh, the movies that are coming out this week. Uh, very quickly, did anybody see Jay and Silent Bob reboot? That came out wow. for two days this week. Uh, it is doing some, uh, some repeat screenings because it was was quite popular. Um, I understand in some movie theatres around the US there was actually some issues with the, the movie not being downloaded to movie theatres and people turning up to see it and the screenings being cancelled, which is <laughs> not particularly good. Um, but yeah, I mean, the reviews for that are surprisingly good. It's a movie that I was yeah. not... I, I didn't think it looked great from the trailers, but the reviews have been good, but I'm going to wait and see that on streaming. Uh, the Lighthouse is a movie that's getting a lot of talk as well. Uh, this is something darker. Uh, this is obviously dark. a lot of people saying <laughs> is this going to be awards movies? Uh, two guys in a lighthouse farting. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert the Batman Pattinson. Uh, your thoughts on the lighthouse, guys? <laughs> one, okay. Going in, into Toronto... Uh, the film festival is probably one of my highest anticipated movies. Right. Really. I, I'm a huge fan of The Witch. And I really thought that Eggers uh, had something. Yeah. And, I was, and just by the way Lighthouse was described, seemed like this is going to be a great movie. Up until the first fart in the face, it just, I, I left stunned mm. as to what the hell did I just watch? Like, what is this? Like, what is the end game? What was the purpose no, it was. It ends up being probably one of my biggest disappointments of the year. Wow! Uh, period. Just period. I I walked out angry. Did you wow. see it? No, I haven't. No. It's one uh, of those movies that I know I'm going to get sent a screener for. Yeah, and it just didn't fit with my schedule, and I didn't want to see it enough to to chase it down. I, I, I mean, I have I I was a little leery about it. Okay. You know, I like The Witch. I was one of the first people to see it at Sundance when it came out. So, like, I, 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 it was great. And yeah. then I, you know, it was interesting to see how much that movie, you know, took on, how much of an audience it created and a fan base. Because I, when I remember seeing it, I didn't think the reaction was mixed at Sundance. Yeah. Mm. So to see it kind of build this following and, you know, everyone, the whole Hail Philip and all that stuff, Black Philip and all this stuff. And it's interesting because you got to give it to A24 because with this movie, they're following that same kind of route. 
Yeah. You know, they they have the Pelican poster now that came out a couple of days ago where they know they're trying to market it that way. But I have to agree with him. It, it, this is a movie that I think people want to act like they they love arts art house movies yeah and that that it had something deep and rich and it has something to say but i really don't think it has anything to say yeah. i i think it's just two really great actors in this weird scenario about isolation and being kind of like finding a friendship amongst the two of them that just doesn't have any payoff. Love I on think. the rocks. <laughs> Love oh, yeah, on they're the literally rocks. on the rocks. Yeah. And, and Pattinson's accent yeah, changes. It, it's, it was just, it was horrible. It's just, it's it's a weird thing because with the style of the film, you know, it, it's, it's done in a very unique way, yeah. the four by three ratio, all that stuff. But it just doesn't have a payoff. It, it was one of those movies that if it had some sort of really gripping ending, yeah. I would have been okay with it. Like I wouldn't have loved it, but I would have been okay with it. Yeah. But when it when I watched it and it just ended, I was like, why did I sit through this? Yeah, yeah. and I will say though that eight twenty four they put out a, a very intriguing trailer. Uh, they know what they're doing. One of the yeah. things that I was like, Oh, okay. The witch. The witch is one of the best trailers yeah. out there. And this one it looked like a great trailer. Yeah. No. I mean, The Witch was a movie that I, I, I genuinely loved. Pleasant um, surprise. And I thought it was a very interesting spin-off from Hocus Pocus. Very. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting for Disney to take that. I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> it's just in the same universe. There's a witch in that. There's a witch in this. Could they be in the same one? Which one do you prefer? Which? Um, which one? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 lo- I love The Witch. Um, I thought it was a prequel to The Witches. The Witches. Right. Yes. I love the I love the bit where Angelica Huston turns up <laughs> mid mid uh, mid credit sequence, which I thought was great. Uh, yeah. So, but, but I mean, it, I, I, this is just a movie. It just didn't. You know, sometimes you're like, I kind of want to see it, but I I don't want to make the effort to leave the house. There you go. That's I get it. So, I totally get it. And they didn't use that on the poster, which I'm a little bit you know annoyed about. Uh, <laughs> so we've already touched on this already in the box office. Uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Uh, sequel to Maleficent. Um, uh, uh, I liked Maleficent when that Me came out. Me and too. I was quite excited about this movie. It seems like it's taken forever to actually come out. Uh, now it's here. I'm not that fussed. You didn't see it either? No, I didn't see it. I had to choose between that and Toy Story 4. Um, Toy Story so 4. I went to Toy Story 4 because there was drinks and food and it, I got to hang out with the cast and the heads of Pixar. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because Disney only offered me the one screening. Uh, I, I've seen some very mixed things on this. A lot of people, though, across the board are saying that it looks amazing, irrespective of whether you actually like the movie. I know you yes. were a fan. Yes. So the... I, and, and we need to stop saying this, and I'm guilty of this myself. Okay. When it comes to a Disney movie, they all look good. Yeah, they do. They they all look good because they have the budget to look good. And if well, they don't true. look good, that's a real that's a bigger problem that's that Disney true. needs to worry about. Yeah. That being said, the first film was mixed in terms of reaction. A lot of people yeah, thought it was so. really... Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, I thought a lot of it's people... It's like a, a lot of yeah. I, I was very much a standalone sort of within my community yes. in, the, in the UK oh. where, where I actually genuinely really liked the movie. Yeah. A lot of people Too dark, shit. a lot of themes that people yeah. didn't like. Yeah. You know, there's a whole thing about rape in, in the first one. Wow. Um, 
you know, that old Disney problem. Yeah, that old Disney problem. <laughs> in the second one, you know, I know a lot of the criticisms is that you know genocide is a big, yeah. big factor that everyone's pointing out. Um, but I appreciate that aspect of these movies. Is that it, it takes you know an iconic Disney villain and, and, and turns her into uh, an anti-hero, yeah. which is something that I, I don't want Disney to do with all their villains. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, I like the fact that the movie is not afraid to tackle these dark themes, yeah. even though they are in a Disney film. Yeah. That being said, for me. My my disadvantage for this film is the fact that Maleficent, who is the reason to see this movie and yeah. the first one, gets the back seat in this okay. one. Right. And that, I think, is problematic. Because mm-hmm. when you have Michelle Pfeiffer pretty much playing an angry queen, something that I feel like she's done a couple of times now been mm-hmm. that angry villain. Yeah. It just feels like more of the same from her. Yeah. But I do like the fact and, and this is where I think the most important element of this movie is is that this is a real movie where all the female characters are at the forefront and the male characters are in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh Dimitri, your thoughts on this? I haven't seen the sequel. Okay. But you know I, I mean, do you, I, are I, you excited about it at I all? I am. Um here I you know I remember seeing the original uh, with my wife, and we loved Angelina Jolie. Mm. And this, in a sense, kind of brought her back to the limelight, and she was so good, and it was one of those, it was it was one of those, like, it was like Wicked, in a sense, where you get this other side yeah. of good this comparison. villain, right? And she was so good. And, and Elle Fanning, too. Oh, yeah. It was like, you come out and you go, she needs to be in more movies. She's really good. And that's why I fell in love with that movie. We thought it was really a great movie. So when this one, when they announced it, I was like, well, what took so long? Mm. And I honestly don't know what took so long. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm going to try to see it it's this because Disney's schedule is so busy. I mean, and, and this, is, crazy. this is also like a risk for them because I don't think they expected the first one to do that well. Yeah. No. Um, talking of movies that I, you know, might not do that well, but uh, also at the street, Jojo Rabbit, which I'm very, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I saw it last Friday. Um, I'm very curious to see what audiences make of this movie out in New York and LA this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's then going wide after that. Uh, I, I was a big fan of this. I, I'll be honest with you, it, the first sort of fifteen to twenty minutes, I wasn't entirely sure how I felt about it because. The humor, I didn't, I was laughing, but I didn't know whether I should be laughing because Nazis are not a laughing matter. Um, but I, by the end of the movie, it, it really won me over. And I, I genuinely had so much love and warmth for this movie that I was not expecting at mm-hmm. all. Um, and the response from the from the audience was was very positive, and everybody had kind of different takeaways from it. So I, I think a lot of people in the industry, certainly critics, have, have, have really raved about this movie. Uh, some people not so much, but for me, it's in my top ten movies of the year. And I think Taika Waititi's performance in this is great. I think his direction is great. His vision is great. The kids are amazing. Scarlett Johansson, everybody's kind of you know focusing on her at the moment, but I you know I don't think she was the best thing in it. Um, I just really enjoy this movie. I'm just curious to see what audiences make about this. You disagree though, Scott? 
Um, no, I, I, I agree on a certain points. Okay. I think the movie, I, I saw it again yesterday because I was one of the, the weirdos out of Toronto who actually just thought this movie was fine. Weirdo. And, and, I, and I, do, I do stand by that reaction. Mm-hmm. I think the film works very well when it's, when it's doing the emotional, dramatic side of things. Yeah. But I think it fails miserably when it's trying to do the comedic, you know, satire thing. Yeah. And the reason why, and I, I know Dimitri has shared this with me, and I've and I've read a lot of the the, the negatives and the positive mm-hmm. reviews for this film, is that it, it is very interesting too, because like most of the big outlets actually have the negative reviews for this yeah. movie, yeah. which is which is strange. Um, but I I think, and I said this in my tweet yesterday, is that it gives you this illusion. Yeah, that it's going to be bold and risk taking and daring and push boundaries, but really, when you pull back the layers of it, it's just a movie about love and you know the relationship between a son and his mom and yeah. this boy and a girl, it, and that's really all it is. It doesn't push boundaries, but it does use topics that are usually not to be laughed at in the same way that Chaplin, Mel Brooks, and many others have used this kind of thing to be Well, it's funny because you you said something that I felt the same exact way uh, watching the first 15 minutes of the movie because I found myself laughing. Then I go, should I be laughing at this? And then my answer was, yeah, because it's hysterical. And Mel Brooks has been making fun of Nazis forever. And nobody ever said... Should he be making fun of this? Nazis. Yes. You know, all I kept on thinking was that scene, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, I just, Heil myself. Heil myself. I just kept on thinking thinking of Mel Brooks and I'm going, yes, it can be funny. I I did appreciate the comedy. Uh, It was my second time watching it that last Friday. And for me, um, it was more emotionally resonant to me. I picked up on things that I didn't pick up the first time that I watched it, and it made it uh, more of an emotional journey for me. Yeah, I love the kids as well. I thought they were fantastic. Not enough to to I think is being said about Sam Rockwell's performance, yep. which is you Good know again out. I noticed it more the second time around and this is Scarlett Johansson's perhaps most endearing role that she's had I in an so. extremely long time for me it was certainly right on target uh, which I thought was great uh, okay uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left on the show so let's talk about Zombieland 2 Double Tap uh, it's a movie that I reviewed for, for IGN uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10 uh, Surprisingly funny. Um, a big risk to bring this back ten years later. This R-rated comedy about zombies. We're sick of fucking zombie movies. Uh, there have been so many bad ones and so many bad TV shows with zombies in. Uh, but this, to me, was great. But it really, it was it's Zoe Deutsch's movie. Oh, Zoe Deutsch. Zoe Deutsch. I mean, it's literally if she was not in the movie, the movie would probably be like a five out of ten. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I gave it an eight out of ten too. I, I think she elevates the film, and in her interaction with all the characters is what makes most of the comedic moments of the movie mm. work. Because when you have these characters and she's not involved, and these other new characters are not involved, it's just stuff that makes you go, well, if I wanted to see this, I could just watch the original. Yeah. But because she's in it, and her character is so wildly different from all the other characters, yeah. it elevates the film. 
Dimitri, your thoughts on this? I can't wait to see it. <laughs> oh, okay, you haven't seen it. Can't wait to see it. It, it yeah. genuinely is yeah. a treat. And I'll be honest with you, there are only a handful of movies. We go to a lot of movies with sort of, you know, people in the industry. And uh, genuinely, there are two movies this year that the laughs have been genuine. Yeah. Mostly, apart from one or two people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> genuinely, people laughing out loud, authentically, at things that are happening on screen. Uh, and yeah, it, it was. it's really refreshing to see. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to it. It's not often that sequels, especially comedy sequels, hit the money. Uh, in the way that this one does, especially, it's a treat, especially one that's ten years later. Ten years later, that's it's a it's a big risk. It, it is a big risk for them to do it. it but I'm glad they waited ten years yeah. and didn't rush it out straight away. Uh, a lot of people having thoughts on this. Uh, Westy Kid uh, talking about Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi is ballsy. He's the only one who can take the role as Hitler. Absolutely. And I think it's worth pointing out that Taika Waititi, obviously, he might not sound Jewish, but his, his actual name is Cohen. He is Jewish. Yes. Um, so I think if you are someone who is Jewish and you're making this movie, and my wife is Jewish, and I have a lot of Jewish. Friends. I had this conversation with uh, with a Jewish friend yesterday whose parents were Holocaust survivors, and they all love this movie. So uh, if people are saying, "Oh my God, it's going to upset the Jews. It's terrible at the Jews," actually, not I'll be honest with you, Jews, Jews love this. Yeah. So it's not that's not a, a criticism to be leveled. Uh, Pink Taco. Uh, this looks like uh, Drop Dead Adolf. Is it like Drop yes. Dead Fred with Hitler? Yeah, yes, it, it kind is. of is. Um, and Yash, I don't know if this is tongue in cheek, but uh, I wonder who controls the media. Hmm? Yash. <laughs> Yash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. Jews, we wouldn't have the media. Hollywood wouldn't be here without the Jews. So when people say, Jews run Hollywood. They do. They made Hollywood. Yeah. They created yeah. Hollywood. So well, thanks to the Jews, wait, we're all here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The, a, a Greek... Made 20th Century Fox. There were some Greeks. There were some Greeks. There was a Greek. Jewish Greeks. Guys, thank you so much. Yes, on that note, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Right here on Meet the Movie Press, Popcorn Talk Network, also on Anatomy of a Movie, at Dimitri Panos, if you want to follow me on the Twitters. Uh, uh, sure, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Uh, and we live entertainment.com. And, uh, no, it's fine. Uh, actually, I'll be Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can see my work <laughs> everywhere from uh, from Forbes to various other places. I had a great chat with uh, Frank Marshall this week. The interview is up on Forbes. Nice. Uh, we talk about a number of things, including an update on the shooting for Jurassic World 3. Uh, also an update on Indiana Jones. And we talk about... Uh, Jurassic World the musical well you know what also I heard about Jurassic World 3 yes. I talked to Bryce Dallas Howard the other night she said the script is incredible yeah I've heard exactly the same thing uh, guys thank you so much have a great week there are lots of good movies to check out at the moment there are also some good movies that have come out recently that you might not have caught one of which is Judy check that out Rene is a strong award season contender you need to see that movie people are going to be talking about it thank you so much have a great week we'll see you next time bye take care from producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.